you know, you might have a multi-channel measuring system. But even that's just a clue because he doesn't know what I'm saying to you now in my mouth. Mm. More importantly, he doesn't know how you feel. So I can tell you, you know, I know for a fact that the yeah. adverts that we made at your seat are miles better than the adverts that Hungry House make. Because mm-hmm. they make you feel something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It may have been disgust because I was trying to ban cooking. Mm-hmm. Or it might have been pleasure because I entertained you with a joke about banning cooking. Mm-hmm. It made you feel something. You mm-hmm. can't, that's hard to measure that. Uh, so today, myself and Rambe had a very, very, very special guest on the show. We had the former CMO of Just Eat. In this episode, we talk about the importance of creating personality behind your brand. Um, we talk about how and why Just Eat ran for Parliament um, and how they actually managed to create a household name for Just Eat. Um, so that's enough for me. Sit back and relax and enjoy. Thanks for coming down, Matt. Thanks for having me. Right, so before you even start, how do you pronounce your name? Because we had, I don't know if you listened to the... the yeah, because we, we discussed... Okay, it's the last uh, name, the last it, name. Yeah. Ruddy. Yeah. yeah. Ruddy. We, we had this discussion with Matt Lerner, uh, uh-huh. and um, yeah, we didn't come to a conclusion. Well, he's foreign, isn't he, Matt Lerner? So you don't listen to him, he's from a, he's from a, he's from a Commonwealth. <laughs> Actually, he pronounced it... He pronounced it as you're pronouncing yeah, it's, it. It's, but, bra- it's Braddy. Braddy. It's two Ds. The discrepancy yeah. was with Rambeer, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was arguing my case, but... Yeah, it's not, it's not <laughs> Brady. I'll recede on that, Braddy. So, oh, it was originally, but it's been fast. Yeah, yeah, I will claim that as I was right then. So, when you go to a dinner party, if you do go to those, how do you introduce yourself to people? Oh, that's a really good question these days, because um, obviously I used to be the CMO of, of Just Eat, so mm-hmm. easy. Yeah. And then I'd often not tell them that in case they were a customer. I wanted to complain at me. Uh, or, or, it depends on how I was feeling. I think I've settled on entrepreneur for now. Okay. Uh, I feel like it's an overclaim. Mm. I mean, guys, I'm, I'm too relaxed to be an entrepreneur. Well, you're, you're literally so, leaning back in your chair <laughs> right now. Shoes off, by the way. <laughs> you have a beer in right hand. hand. I'm taking and my sunglasses off. Until yeah, five seconds ago, you had your sunglasses on inside. Yeah, I did try retiring last year, but I, that didn't work. So I'm an entrepreneur again. So to, to give us a little background, in about four bullet points, what did you do after school or university to get you to where you are now? That's a really good question. So I finished my business marketing degree, and then when I was looking for a job, um, a friend lent me a PC, and I installed Dreamweaver and just taught myself how to build mm. websites, which is, nice. as we know, it's really easy. Mm-hmm. But to the great unwashed out there that the internet only just happened to, yeah, oh, yeah. you can build websites and you've got a marketing degree. Uh-huh. So that got me going in a job in Cambridge. And then I was playing Quake 2, and that got me uh, into proper.coms because one of the guys uh-huh. I played Quake 2 with worked for a company called, uh, what was it called Wireplay, which was a British telecom online gaming mm-hmm. company called Gameplay.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he introduced me to them. And I ended up running the shop basically on Gameplay.com. Mm-hmm. But um, it was quite a big deal. So Gameplay.com was my first big startup experience. Um, but really it was the fact that I had a marketing degree and had taught myself how to build a web page mm-hmm. um, that really kicked things off. And I guess the equivalent these days is like people like yourselves that have got, we just sat here before the start recording and you know between the two of you there's like four startups <laughs> I've been pitched already I've already got the drug hub point um, so um, from gameplay you then went on to Financial Times and then the table booking app you've gone into the marketing team you looked at the strategy and then you've created your own one ultimately how, I mean how do you go about creating your marketing strategies well I do it now 
yeah. is I start with the brand. Um, and I wouldn't have done 10 years ago. Um, but actually, having now built a brand at, at Just Eat, doing that has proved really beneficial, especially because you've got the proliferation of all of these different channels. Mm-hmm. So this multi-channel world, how are you going to umbrella it all together? How does it all sew together? And performance marketeers will start worrying about multi you know, multi-attribute models and all this bullshit that you can't really do. Mm. Um, but, the, but the first thing you really need to do is work out what you're going to say down, and then you choose the channels through which you can say that best. Because you can't do everything well straight away. You know, you look at Just Eat Now, it's, it's a huge, you know, multi-billion pound unicorn, <laughs> stupid mm-hmm. phrases. Um, <laughs> You know, when I first got the job there, you know, a few thousand pounds marketing budget, I can't do everything. It's just choose the right channels for what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So for Just Eat, my philosophy was, okay, it's takeaway. Um, you can't take it too seriously. It's like, okay, this is, this, is, this is the treat. This is the Friday night treat. Friday night, Saturday night takeaway. Mm. Takeaway is what it is. It's not be ashamed of what it is. It's yeah. a mm-hmm. very pleasurable treat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we, could, we should market ourselves as an entertainment product. Part of the entertainment space, part of watching a movie, watching, watching mm. a big sports match, whatever. Let's market it as an entertainment product. So if you start from that point of view of, okay, we're going to be an entertainment product, that then shapes where you spend your time and effort. So in just each case, in the early years, yeah, we got on TV quite early, but we spent an awful lot of time on, on social mm-hmm. because that's where people were being entertained and spend their entertainment space. Mm-hmm. Oh. The most important thing is, you know, what is the brand? Being entertaining and funny is not necessarily a strategy in itself. The important thing is that for a brand, it's reflecting the truth of the people that work for the business. Mm. So, you know, I often want me to do a bit of mentoring on brand and stuff, and they, and they misunderstand what we've did. It just say, oh, we can't all be funny. So I'm not telling you to be funny. <laughs> Who are you? And, what, and why are you passionate about the startups that you two just pitching me before this? Why are you passionate about that one? Why, why do you come in to work five days a week and work long hours for that? What are you passionate about? Mm. Okay, that's the brand. Your passion is the brand. Mm-hmm. And it could be because of, it could be a trust issue that you really believe that the world needs to be saved from dodgy car mechanics or mm-hmm. it could be anything. Whatever it is that's driving your business and, and, and the passion behind your business, that's what the brand needs to become. Mm. So Matt Lerner, uh, he called you a genius for exactly this part of it. <laughs> what you need to understand Matt Lerner is he just hears a British accent and he assumes that we're all intelligent. Hey, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Oh, me and Phil are both big fans of Matt Lerner. Yeah, so I'm guy. sure you are I love Matt Lerner. Matt Lerner's podcast that he did is going to be brilliant because he's got such a relaxing voice. He has. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a little bit in love with him. <laughs> I think he knows that it's fine. But when I can't sleep, if I can't sleep as a work-related reason, I'm just going to put that podcast on <laughs> and listen to Matt Lerner drifting me off to sleep and resting me. It's like he's tucking you in. <laughs> this is a new niche. We yeah. should start this app. Just to... yeah. start, <laughs> found a stress relief. <laughs> just listen Matt to Matt. Matt Lerner talks you. Matt Lerner talks you. a bedtime story. Okay, so thanks for going through all of that. But just... <laughs> that, was, that was great. Um, yeah, but that leads us nicely to, I guess, the next question is, how did you actually get your job at Just Eat as CMO? Oh, that's a really good question because I didn't want a job at Just Eat CMO. Um, I tried to resist it. I was really enjoying my career jumping from um, vertical to vertical, which I did not want to get a job 
I was top table in a food related job because mm-hmm. I just done food and I was enjoying the novelty mm-hmm. of moving industries. Um, yeah, so I was basically made to do it by uh, Index Ventures had, were just doing the Series A with Just Eat. Uh-huh. Um, and I knew those guys and they, they were quite insistent. <laughs> they were like you were, I was like no, no I don't see food company food company and they were like you would just love these guys you've got to meet them they're, 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 they're hilarious mm-hmm. <laughs> off the um, basis of the, the, I don't the, think that's the exact words of Saul Klein but, uh, <laughs> words that effect were um, you need to go meet this guy Klaus because he's just he's, he's you'll enjoy your, top, your your hour with him so I only met Klaus who's the CEO of Just Eat mm-hmm. and um, yeah then we had a really good afternoon. He made, basically was there three hours. Um, yeah, and then he made me, then he's like, oh, will you come to a meeting this week with an ad agency? So I like, okay. And so I went to the meeting and then um, after 10 minutes, he made a stupid comment to the effect of uh, this advert should have like a mum ordering a takeaway off the website in it. And I think I just sort of, no, it really shouldn't. Uh-huh. It's like Fisher Price, my first TV ad. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he went, all right, you've got this. And then left the room. And I thought, <laughs> <laughs> I've not even been off the job. <laughs> and he left. And I, and I dealt with the agency. And then, then I started work a couple of days a week for him. And I was like, are you going to give me a contract? I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I got kidnapped. <laughs> Basically. And I was like, we're looking to grow our team, so we might just do this just to get something. Just invite people to meetings where they're good at stuff. <laughs> just leave them alone and do the stuff. And then they'll just assume that you've recruited. You have to do it. Oh, my God. But he was, he's a lovely bloke, and the team there, um, the executive team that I met were fantastic. And you know, I, I, I vowed never to work somewhere where um, your view of marketing isn't aligned with founders. It's really hard yeah. because marketing is really personal. Mm. You know, it's creative. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm not doing that again. I'm not saying that happened. Top table. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm not doing that again. So I went, you know, I just said, and the top table. Sorry, just each website at the time was absolutely dire. I mean, it had the kebab on the front page, Jesus. massive photo. It's the least photogenic food yeah. in the world. It's mm. a kebab. I mean, yeah. I love a kebab, but I've had a few more of these beers. It's, a, it's a Donald Trump. <laughs> um, it, it's not. If it, Donald Trump is bizarrely popular. No, I suppose you're right. Yeah, it's the Donald Trump food. Yeah, and it looks like Donald Trump too. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, and I just said, "This your website's terrible. I can't work for you." They're like, "We know. Come and help us." So the fact they said, "Yeah, we know. It's terrible. Please come and help us." I was mm-hmm. like, oh, "Okay." I was, I was, I knew I was in, you know, in a good environment to so go and do good work. Mm-hmm. So you're in now in control of a large brand, and you decide to run for uh, an election. Talk us through the, the kind of day you had that idea and how everyone else reacted. Well, you got your question in the wrong order because it wasn't a large brand. <laughs> and the running for government and trying to ban cooking is what made it a larger brand. Mm-hmm. So just the so I got the job. I'm in Edgeware. We've had this Series A money, but it wasn't really a brand yet. I mean, we were doing really interesting stuff on social, but the TV was a bit disjointed. So we needed to do something else. So... We met this guy um, who we ended up hiring called Richard, who had been the brand manager for O2. Um, and he just opened our eyes to the world of storytelling and challenger brand thinking. He said that you guys are a challenger brand, you just don't 
don't know it yet. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at your social media and the way you, because we were very right from the start of social media, we were one of the few brands that actually were self-deprecating mm-hmm. and spoke like a friend. You know, mm-hmm. We'd never do the Friday, it's Friday night, but it's time for a pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Social media posts, which is what Domino's do mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah. On a Friday afternoon. Hey, it's Domino's time. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Connor. <laughs> I guess I explain the Connor thing. Now. By the way, Connor is his son. Who's you told, let's, let's tell them about the person. So I got, so this morning, um, Connor, I had to persuade Connor to go to a maths club because he's doing his stats and he'd only agree to go if, if he gave me some list of demands for this podcast. So the list of demands are, I'm not allowed to swear. I've got, a, I've got to mention I've got a big forehead <laughs> and I look like Frankenstein because he thinks that's hilarious. <laughs> I've got to mention him and his sister Willow, which we've now done. Uh-huh. Yes. And uh, we've got to talk about my home life, which I don't, which we've, we're not going to do because it's boring. Let's play Xbox. We'll, we'll, we'll Quake. <laughs> discuss that. So I hope you're happy, Connor, but the, the, the swearing thing's gone wrong. <laughs> anyway, where, 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 where? So we never tried to use social media to promote anything. If we ever did it, we'd do it self-deprecating like. Yeah. It's Friday. We're behind on our sales numbers. Please buy a pizza. You know, we'd, you know, yeah. we'd do it you know, in a jokey way. Um, and we were really successful on social media. I think we had a million followers. Like, we were one of the first brands in the UK to get to a million followers. Wow. And we didn't pay for any of them. Wow. That mm-hmm. first million. Um, and, and that's because we, we were confident and uh, self-assured enough to be like that on social media because that's who the company was. And this yeah. goes back to my point about brands have got to come from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And you know, we can talk about that in a minute. But you know, we were just e. That's who we were. It was, it, was a, it was a company that had been founded in Denmark, had a good, really hard-working culture, but it had a really good party culture as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what Danish people are like. Mm-hmm. Vikings. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and that came out in our work on social media, but hadn't necessarily come out in our work on TV. So, so yeah, we, we got introduced to the kind of Eat Big Fish methodology, which is a really good book, which I, I recommend to people um, in startup worlds. And that's Big really fish. about how to build a challenge brand strategy. It's where Eat, Eat Big Fish, it's called. Well, it's Eating Big Fish. Eating, Adam, Eating Big Fish, yes, that's the one. By Adam Morgan. He was a lovely chap who I've got to know since. Um, yeah, I mean, and so Richard, this guy, really just helped us kind of pull together what our personality actually was internally and on social media. We built the kind of traditional kind of brand triangle thing. So, so what, what was the book about before we go on to... Uh, ah, what? what's the, the book? <laughs> yeah. You have to buy the book for Adam's world. I mean, you, you, <laughs> no, no, we, we will buy the book, but also... Okay. Where do you want to start with the book? Um, so the first thing, okay, so imagine a picture of a sumo wrestler uh-huh. and a child. Uh-huh. And they're about to have a fight. Uh-huh. Who's going to win the fight? Sumo wrestler. The what, child no? who kicks him in the nuts. No, the sumo wrestler <laughs> has got no nuts. Okay. <laughs> Weird belt. Model, okay. Well protected. Sumo wrestler can just kill a kid. Yeah. Who's going to win that race? The kid, probably. And that's what that book's about. Mm. because okay changing the the sport change the rules yeah so say you're entering so say you're Nokia you've got 43% of the global phone market yeah and then Apple come along and Apple go okay you've got the phone market we make this thing called an iPod but you Nokia have put a music player on your phone 
you bastards. We're going, sorry, Connor, we're going to put <laughs> a uh, phone on a music player. Aha, how do you like that? And but they redefine the rules. Uh, so they, they, the product design around the smartphone is fundamentally around an entertainment product that's also occasionally a phone. Yes. Uh-huh. But generally, it's an entertainment product First. that has a phone on it. Mm-hmm. Nokia was a phone that tried to shoehorn in music player. Uh-huh. So Apple redefine the rules of what it means to have that device in your pocket yes. and Nokia I know we can talk about Android and whatever but fundamentally smartphones destroyed Nokia mm-hmm. pretty quick and yeah. Nokia was massive right yeah. so being a challenger brand is like it's like you're a kid you know you think it's unassailable bad guy mm-hmm. you know in our case it was Domino's Pizza always had more TV budget Seems unassailable that you can enter that space, and 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 but then by the end of that campaign, we were bigger brand than, than Domino's Pizza. Mm-hmm. And what was kind of the the reason you could do that? Be- um, because Domino's Pizza were s- selling food, and uh-huh. we were an entertainment product that tried to ban cooking. Uh-huh. If you entertain somebody, or you say something that makes them think. It snags mentally in, in, in the frontal lobe. Uh-huh. And then they have to remember you. So a bad example of this is what's happened in the kind of compare the market space. You know, the meerkats uh-huh. were the first people to break ranks from doing boring adverts yeah. to do something funny with the meerkats. Mm. Then the other lot did the singing Welsh yeah. geezer. Yeah, the- and then the other lot have done your side money supermarket. So now they're all funny. Yeah. So now the, none of them are challenger brands now. Mm. They've copied each other. Yeah. So it's all a bit of a mushy middle again. Yeah. So if you were going into that space, you'd want to go in now and be the serious one like they used to be. Yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> because these guys were all pissing around selling toy robots and, <laughs> and well skeezers singing back in taxis. Uh-huh. Uh, you want to be the credible alternative. So mm. you want to redefine the rules whatever's going on in the sector yes. you're going into because you've got no choice mm-hmm. you've got no money all you can try and do is make people think about what you've got to say mm-hmm. so going back to why did we run for government are <laughs> 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 you never saying that in the same sentence um, it, I don't know we were drunk it seemed like a good <laughs> idea now um, when it comes from that point of what's our personality like we're Danish culturally a bit mm-hmm. like we're rebellious okay so you've got rebellious there <clears throat> um What's our personality? We're funny. Okay, what does this mean for our brand? Okay, if you're rebellious and funny, what are you going to rebel against in a funny way? The most obvious thing for a takeaway company to rebel against is cooking. Mm-hmm. You go, you can't do that. We can't try and rebel against cooking. You go, Ooh, the fact that we even just said that yeah. Yeah. is that we can. And it'll be really interesting. And mm-hmm. what have we got to lose? We're a small brand that needs to become a big brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's ban cooking. Let's run for government. Let's actually try and ban cooking. So, so how, and how drunk were you? When we were <laughs> and then the whole kidnapping, Anthony, uh, Thompson. Yes. How did that come about? Was that you again? Um, none of these were my ideas. I mean, what I, you know, these are all you know, a really good team. <coughs> this is reflecting our internal culture. And what you do is, as a CMO is you try and create the space for good ideas to come out. You know. Yeah. Um, hire good agencies, work with good people, hire good people in your team, you know. So I didn't invent any of this. I just created mm-hmm. the environment in which it, this badness happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Royal Thompson. Well, I mean, yeah, Anthony Royal Thompson was a celebrity chef. He's, he's still quite famous, uh, mainly for stealing an apple. Yeah. By accident. <laughs> Wasn't it cheese? He's done cheese as well. 
you may allege that. I'm sure. <laughs> where did he? Where did he steal it from? Tesco. Tesco. Okay. <laughs> Allegedly, <laughs> wasn't proven. I don't know. Anyway, so Anthony had a certain cachet for that, you know, in the tabloid. Uh huh. And um, we knew we couldn't kidnap Jamie Oliver without, you know, his permission. <laughs> it's kind of illegal. We looked into it. Um, so Anthony was like, "Hang on, Anthony, he's he's a, you know he's he's got a great sense of humour. He'll be up for this." So we, we approached him about about that, and uh, maybe went. And again, that was that was a great social media campaign. It was like we held. <clears throat> so we basically um, we had like a live video feed on the um, Anton Deck show on a Saturday night, where Anthony's walking home from the shops with mm-hmm. a bag of shopping mm-hmm. apples. <laughs> it was um, and then our van pulls up and kidnaps him and then we have a week to brainwash him into being anti-cooking and then every mm-hmm. night we release a different video on ITV and, um, and online and there was a website where you could slap him with a fish <laughs> I can't remember the stats there but it was very popular and mm-hmm. you could be part of kind of like you know trying to brainwash him into being anti-cooking and by the, the following week on Anton Deck we had another film of, you know, of him being released uh-huh. Back into the into it's society as a takeaway delivery driver. <laughs> How did you get in into the show with Anton Deck? Well, you pay them money. Okay. They? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Media planning. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're not going to do that with startup budgets. Yeah. Let's put it that way. But, uh-huh. Yeah. And then I guess off the back of running for the by-election and the kidnapping, how did that work with your conversion rates? Were, 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 were they through the roof or? What a conversion rate. Well, this is, this <laughs> so your analytics, my, how are your analytics? Okay, how did, okay, so Just Eat is a brand that has a huge amount of brand growth through non-paid, non-trackable ways. Mm-hmm. So your word of mouth, hmm. hard to track word of mouth. People, mm-hmm. people have a, t- a takeaway with other people and they'll say, oh yeah, I've got this from Just Eat. Okay, so that's spreading the word about Just Eat. Window stickers all over the country. Mm-hmm. How do you track the effect of the window sticker? Mm. How do you track? Then you've got these blade signs that we screwed into the walls of loads of them as well. Mm-hmm. And word of mouth from these restaurants were some of the biggest sources of brand growth for just eat before TV, and mm-hmm. you know a big part of brand growth even on TV. Then you got TV, and then you've got all of these other channels: social, email. So attributing success to one of those activities is very difficult. I see. And I attempted it many times, but it was very hard to do. So we didn't do a lot of radio. I think they do a bit more now Mm. in my day because I had not extracted all of the benefit I could from TV. I wanted more TV budget because I had models and econometric models is what you use with TV. Proving the success of that, so I would rather focus on less stuff, do it really well, than do cinema, radio, buses. Da, 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 da. So how, how do those models work? So it shows kind of you. Metrics. Yeah, it's it's a spurious bit of measurement designed by the TV industry. They look at how many impressions you have on a given day or hour. Then you take into effect other things that might affect your growth, such as it would be rain, if it's a big sporting event on, mm-hmm. and. You do it if you get enough historical data, you should be able to see the difference in growth for orders that day for TV days versus the ones that not. But you have to model yeah. out all of these different factors. It's, it's just a very dirty way of it's the, it's the oh, main right. way that TV is justified. Mm-hmm. 
But what else but it's bullshit, right? It's still bullshit at the end of the day. It's a clue. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the big thing about marketing that I think digital marketeers and startup marketeers, they always want me to say, oh, this, that, and the other. You know, here's the exact thing you should do. Here's the exact yeah. way of measuring it. It's clues. Mm. You, know, you might have a multi, multi-channel measuring system, but even that's just a clue because it doesn't know what I'm saying to you now in my mouth. Mm. More importantly, it doesn't know how you feel. So I can tell you, you know, I know for a fact that the yeah. adverts that we made at Just Eat are miles better than the adverts that Hungry House make. Because mm-hmm. they make you feel something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It may have been disgust because I was proud about cooking. Mm-hmm. Or it might have been pleasure because I entertained you with a joke about banning cooking. Mm-hmm. It made you feel something. You mm-hmm. can't, that's hard to measure that. Mm-hmm. But in a month when you're hungry for a takeaway, you do a Google search for, you know, Hammersmith takeaways and there's two adverts pop up, Just Eat and Hungry House. Which one did you find yourself clicking? Mm-hmm. You couldn't remember these hungry house people because their adverts are boring. And the same with Domino's. They make the same advert all the time. Even mm-hmm. you know, greatness, their current campaign's called Greatness from Domino's, which I only know because I've read it in a marketing magazine. Mm-hmm. But you watch the advert, it's a man on a scooter with some cowboy music, but you see a man on a scooter going to a house, delivering a pizza, and then people eat the pizza. Mm-hmm. It's the same advert they've been making for 20 years. Mm-hmm. In one ear, out the other marketing. It's mm-hmm. a waste of money. Mm-hmm. So we always had less money we made you think about something so the mm-hmm. best, you know, a good example of that was the tube ad uh, when we launched our app and the advert just says give hunger the finger I, I, remember, I remember that I remember that give, <laughs> I went for about six weeks uh-huh. even now when, they, when like the Guardian will write about Just Eat they'll often use that mm-hmm. Just Eat the company that famously gave hunger the finger uh-huh. that was just a tube ad for six weeks to launch the app that's amazing if it was only on six weeks Phil, and we still remember, I remember on, yeah, because it course. made you think because you were are they saying? Yeah. <laughs> How can a... And it looked like he was giving you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah this yeah, finger. Yeah, no. Uh-huh. This is good for radio. Not that finger, this finger. <laughs> <laughs> this is a home. But he's a man pointing at that with his finger. But because we said give hunger the finger, yeah. uh-huh. it made you go, what are they saying? And it mentally snagged yes. in your brains and you had to think, they're being rude. Oh, no, they're not. They're just being fine. Oh, yeah. genius. So you want to... So <laughs> does it mean you don't need to spend millions of pounds of marketing uh-huh. you need to make people think and feel something or feel something because you know you, you go home tonight you try and look at every advert on the way home deliberately try and look and then tomorrow morning tweet me any you can remember mm-hmm. and, I, and we'll remember I'll remember I just saw a post tonight here for the download festival oh, okay. for Iron Maiden for, that's a really bizarre place to be doing an advert for Iron Maiden mm-hmm. on the tube of West, uh, Oxford Street mm-hmm. Maybe there's loads of heavy rockers in Oxford Street, I don't know. It just kind of felt to me a bit out of place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I made it. And that's why I noticed it, because it felt wrong a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember the other 20 adverts I saw on the way to this, this mm-hmm. room. Mm-hmm. Podcast dungeon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, what advert can you remember seeing on TV last night? Uh, well, I'm, I don't really watch TV, so you're yeah, asking no, we don't really people. Watch TV. <laughs> you probably do, because you have the news on occasionally. You do, but you just don't remember the adverts. Unless they're... And, and you don't remember any of these funny ones because everyone's trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. So you'll remember something like the old Guinness advert with the horses coming out of the wave because it's striking. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's affecting my heart. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, so that's the best bit of advice I try and give to people that I yeah. talk to. It's like, because you know, so many startups, you just want to explain your product, kind of like you're doing to me, you're pitching your, your ideas. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't give a shit. I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm, I'm mentally, sorry, kind of, I'm mentally shrugging. Mm. Oh, nice. 
right? And that's what you're doing with every advert you work with. It's just mental shrug, yeah. if, if that. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to cut through that shrug? And make them go, oh, so ask a question. You know, you know, trying to. It's not about being shocking or about being super funny. There's loads of different emotions in the world. It can be heartfelt, it can be sad, it can be happy. But it, it, I'm going to go into one of my normal rants now. Nobody cares about your product. Yeah. Nobody cares. They're trying to get home. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to make them care by just explaining what your product is. Mm-hmm. No, very true. No one gives a monkeys. They're seeing 300 adverts a day in London. Mm-hmm. And so, Jesse's been, you know, market leader for many, many years. Deliveroo's come out of the bushes, so to speak. <laughs> what do you think about Deliveroo? And what do you think Just Eat does better than Deliveroo? Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm not involved in Just Eat. Their branding's boring. I can say that. <laughs> Happy to. Their adverts are boring because, again... Their advert, unless you knew what they were, you wouldn't. You just think it's another boring competitor to just eat. Mm-hmm. You know, they've not got. Who are they? What's their personality? Why are they passionate about? So, so we all agree they're they're bland. If you were in charge of their marketing, what would you do? He doesn't want to give them any tips. Of a short chance, well, they're listening to this, but you know, they give crap. What I think. Um, well, whoever they are, they need. To, that's what needs to come out in the work. The, the process I would run is you get all the you get people from every part of the business, and you spend a day knocking around. What are we for and against? If we were marching down the street, mm-hmm. what are we what are we gonna what are we marching against? What are we gonna ban? And you work that through with your team. You do, what you don't do is sit with a lot of customers and try and work out what your brand, what your personality is. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be you know, if you want to be mass market plastic? Mm-hmm. Then you get customers to design your brand. Yeah, brand. Good for you. Your brand. Your brand. That's going to be like I'm writing that on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, so why did you, you know, what, what made you just leave? Just eat. I mean, we did an IPO. That was nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I heard they are. Yeah, they're fun. Did you do one of those? They're really good. <laughs> oh, it's, um, it's in the to do list. <laughs> yeah, trust me. <laughs> Definitely recommend it. So, yeah, I mean, we got bigger and bigger. I mean, when I started, it was like 40-odd people in the UK and it's 1,500 or something stupid wow. around the world now. Wow. But for me, I'd had my fun. It's like, yeah, yeah, I've been there six years. And I think when you're a creative person, there's only so many years you can be a marketing director of the same product. Mm-hmm. If the product, you know, if, if you can't evolve the product, yeah. you know, I don't think many marketing directors last more than two or three years in any job if you mm-hmm. can go and look at marketing directors' CVs. Because, just because either the company gets bored of them or they get bored of the company. Um, and I wanted to go and do other stuff, really. It's just more mm-hmm. interesting talking to startups and, and this one. Gotcha. So that's a good uh, transition into uh, then, then becoming a founder of your own business. So talk us through uh, how you then, after you left, I mean, did you have the idea for Rob Patterson before you? Yeah, um, well, I didn't, we didn't quite know that Justine was going to be quite as successful as he was a year or two before. Oh, wow. Well, well. And me and the, the UK managing director, we kept on talking about the hair is just, this is bizarre. We go, we go out on the high street all the time. And there's this whole other set of shops which you can book. Which you can't book online. It's just like, why has no one done this well? So I persuaded a friend of mine called Chris to have a look at it. And we thought, okay, well, maybe we can have a go at yeah, Or he could have a go. 
a bit of support for me in my spare time. Uh, um, at, you know, bringing that market online because I think it's like less than one percent of haircuts are booked online today. Mm-hmm. It was wow. crazy. Wow. It was it was like an interesting puzzle to me, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was kind of like you know I'd like to have a go solving this. So leaving just E, I thought I was going to relax and have a bit of time off. Mm-hmm. Um, in my head, I was going to retire, become a poet. <laughs> you know, uh, learn to play the guitar. You know, I mean, but then you realise really quick that no one else is retired. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, poor me can retire. <laughs> no friends to retire at uh-huh. party. Oh, poor man. Why don't you take them with you? Well, you should have done it. But like, look, quit your job and let's just go yeah, and well, play. I realised I needed an entourage. Yeah, <laughs> just hire friends, dude. <laughs> oh, let's build an app. an app for that. We'll build an app and you just hire friends. <laughs> That's entourage. You, you put out a bid, yeah. And that must be my entourage today. Let's go cruising. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I had a bit of time off. I had a few months yeah, off, but then you just. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, if, if I analyse what makes me happy, it's being in creative teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I then drifted into then helping more and more scissors and then it's turned into a five day a week job now. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to talk about that business. Actually, first, what does Rock Pamper Scissors do? Let, let's stop. Ah, yes. Right. So where does Rock Pamper Scissors come from? So it came from the point of view of, yeah, people have tried this before, but they've, they've come up with search engines around salons. But it's not the salon that cuts your hair. It's a person. Yes. I need to know the best person for my crazy middle-aged wavy man hair, not necessarily the, an aggregate score. I specifically need to know who's, what stylist is good for crazy wavy man hair. Mm-hmm. Um, so no one's built that mm-hmm. got it I get the uh, the logical side of it but what I'm still missing is the emotional side of it which you had at uh, Justine so talk me through kind of what, what's your ah, latest a, thoughts on that band um, that's a really interesting point we've got a session on this in the team in the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. I mean people get stuck in a rut really easy so we're only playing with this this is not necessarily our ad campaign but our our kind of position is we are revolting and so should you what we mean by that is revolution Mm -hmm. you should should change your look Mm -hmm. you should change your stylist whatever but again wouldn't it be interesting to have a tube ad for for a beauty app that said that it's revolting yes Mm -hmm. you double think it why is that haircut app calling itself revolt okay mm. it means revolution okay yeah. that means I should have a revolution so for me uh, if we ever made an advert I would have like a 60 year old with tattoos a really cool punk haircut as our brand look and film and not a 23 year old that looks like she's just walked out of a Debenhams advert and again you'd look at that and go why is that old dude on an advert for an app about haircuts but again all of these things are deliberate <laughs> tricks if you mm-hmm. like for me to try and make you think about what I'm saying which is mm-hmm. it's a haircut app mm-hmm. yeah, it's very true so to uh, move on to our final few questions um, the beers run out again we don't have to pause <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to pause the podcast again Carol right, final um, questions we'll be quick so final few questions so I've been looking forward to this one you said you said at the start of the interview you don't want us to ask you what you're scared about <laughs> So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and ask you, what scares what is, you? I'm not really scared about a lot. That's probably, see, that's why I said don't ask it. I haven't got a good answer. I've been pondering it. How can you not be scared of anything? I'm scared of rats. Okay, are you scared <laughs> about uh, campuses is not doing well? I feel responsible. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got staff 
you know, staff's growing, we've got investors. Um, but I'm not scared because I've been through four whatever other startups. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, and, I, and I've been through what well, I mean, gameplay ended up you know, crashing and burning to a degree. So I've been through, and that was IPO as well, actually. Mm-hmm. So I've been through the rise and fall enough times not to get too hit up about it. Um, I really, I'm really believe in my premises. I really want it. You know, what am I scared about? Is like not having enough time. That's the benefit you get with like just even you know, any series A, any series B. Mm. You can, you know, not relax, but you, you're not worrying about the company's going to run out of money before mm. you prove it works because yeah. you've already had product market fit. Mm. So it's like we just need to get that next year, you know, the next year or so under our belts and mm. just get all of our plans and product evolutions done. Mm. And it'll be it'll be flying. So it's just like, well, we've got money for the next year anyway, so I don't need to worry, do I? So, <laughs> um, so nothing. So, so yeah, that's good. Are there any kind of are there any you know top three books? I know you mentioned a book earlier. What yeah. top three books? Eating big you, fish. Eating big fish. Any books that you can recommend um, that have helped you? I mean, I'm not a big nerd for the business. I think, and I think that's beneficial, right? Because um, you guys are keen. You listen to tech podcasts. I bet you read tech blogs all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah, guilty. That is us. Guilty. I play quick. I mean, because uh-huh. I play quick. And I mean it. And then I played quick. And I've, but is it still quick you're, you're playing? No. Yeah, what do you play now? play stuff now. I'm playing... Um, Cod. I'm waiting for my Oculus Rift to turn up, which has been yeah. delayed because of components. Come on, Oculus uh-huh. Rift. Um... <clears throat> I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I can't. I mean, business books are boring. I really like eating the big fish because it was quite practical. Mm. Uh, but even that, I struggled to read it. So I listened to the Amazon ver- <laughs> the, <laughs> audio book audio version. Book, uh, uh-huh. I find business books are so boring. Well, if you're working like you know all the hours doing a startup, the last one to do is read a bloody business book. The thing is, you're already. I want to read stuff with wizards in it and laser swords. You're already quite <laughs> successful, so you don't need to kind of. Because you reach a level of saturation. I wasn't always successful. Only recently, yeah. I've never read business books. I've been reading about wizards and laser swords because mm. you got you need an imagination. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and this is what I kind of see a lot of the mentoring I do. There's a lot of groupthink amongst startups. Of uh-huh. like, you know, like these questions that you've asked about, or oh, could you prove the ROI of this or the other? No. But it was funny. And I knew the fun. <laughs> well, that's, a good, that's a good justification. <laughs> but, but it was. It was. Yeah, but like, how many startups are like seed, sage, go, trying to go to an investor and you'd be like, we don't know our metrics, but you know, this was so was funny. funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll get sent out. <laughs> what return are you going to get, man? <laughs> yeah, like, I'll make you laugh. <laughs> it was funny. We kidnapped a man. Um, but it didn't matter because. It, the point being, you need to, you know, you, you're trying to communicate with the public that are not reading business blogs and read, and, you know. Yeah, so, no, that's true. So you need to be part of the zeitgeist if you want to plug into that and understand what their problems are. Otherwise, you are going to just talk to them about the thing you are passionate about, which is your product, which they don't care about. Mm. What do they care about? Yeah. So it's interesting, before we started recording, you guys were telling me about your, your 20-something friends. Mm-hmm have a really rubbish social life because you all sit around in the evenings playing with your iPads yeah. and whilst watching Netflix and people it's almost a chore to drag people out of their flats yeah that's interesting I didn't know that that's mm-hmm. an insight for me mm-hmm. you know you need you know you need, so uh, you know I love movies personally that's 
where I spend my social time reading books about you know watching films or whatever mm-hmm. that, that's affected my work going at my adverts that we that, that we made they were entertaining and kind of part of that world because that's the world we, I want to plug into mm-hmm. great um, there are lots of very good business books that I can't remember <laughs> I, I just I, I'm very lazy on business stuff mm-hmm. oh no it yeah. makes sense with the but type of it's about being a natural communicator and being yeah. a, you're not going to learn to be a natural communicator by reading TechCrunch mm-hmm very true very true so uh, how do you think the interview went is there something we missed why did you have an interview have you been recording I've got my shoes on I've been drinking beer I have a mic in my tie I've got sunglasses on even my sunglasses are back on he's ready to roll out I'm ready to roll um, is there anything key we missed no I mean, we can talk for hours but probably best pause okay. you've, got, you've got a lot of editing but yes, yeah. but I'm ask a different question to end the podcast. Again. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, who? Um, what are the top three qualities that you like, or what you see in other people that you wish you had, or you would want to have? If you could pick um, top, like three. God, I haven't got. I mean, um, I know what you're going to say first. I'd like to be more analytical. Um, I would really. Like- that's the last thing I thought you'd say. Yeah, that really, I, thought, I, thought really gonna, I feel like he's like, I, I, like I don't give a shit. All this bohemi uh, noise that I'm making in here is just covering up the fact that I'm not analytical <laughs> by just through the power of beer. You're, you're well, maybe it's, it's paid off. It's paid off. Like. Yeah, and luckily. Um, but no, I'd like to be more analytical. I think it's interesting to be more analytical. Uh, so one. More analytical. That was the last thing I, 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 I thought you were going to say. Well, it's it's being a creative, uh, slightly bipolar personality is you f- you can be flitty, like an idea of the week problem, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's so it's really good if you've got that kind of personality to work with people that are more grounded. Mm-hmm. So I don't miss that because I always work with someone that's grounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but I don't. I can't say I want to be more grounded because it's. It's a bit boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you just want to be more analytical, basically. Oh, no, I don't really want to be more analytical. I'm fine. <laughs> so no, that's so no, what I thought you were going to say. Okay, so, so no, 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 I would like to. I'd like to be more musical. I've been trying to learn the guitar, but I just can't get into it. I'm trying. Better at what, what? What game are you playing now? Is it Quake? I'm playing uh, rock thingy, the one that teaches you to play real guitar. Uh, rock band. No. Guitar Hero? No, the new one. We actually plug a real guitar into Yeah, so it's, it's good. A re- is it not Guitar Hero? No. That's no, a game. It's like, it's You're talking about a game though, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you plug a real guitar in. A real guitar, okay. Guitar. Oh. I don't remember what it's called. It's got a really boring name. Okay. So that's why. So, so you're not into Call of Duty? No, I got one off shooting games. Once uh-huh. you get past 30, it's Young Man's <laughs> Game. It's Young Man's Game shooting games. I much prefer your Assassin's Creed story type stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. It's a bad, that's a bad last question too. We're really struggling with the last question. <laughs> so, uh, dude, we need a new last question. Uh, mm. Ah, ah, no, okay. no, I got one. If you had, I'm going to steal this from Tim Ferriss, but I don't give a shit. If you had uh, Sorry, one banner, <laughs> if you had one uh, banner anywhere, anywhere in the world, what would you have on it and where would it be? Ah, yes, I know this question. Nice. Banner? I mean, like a poster thing, like a big a billboard. A billboard, that's the word. That's a good question. Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm going to claim it. That's it's mine. 
Well, you just gave it to Tim Ferriss, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, can't, I think I've had. To, I think I've run out of. <laughs> Okay. okay, all right. Well, the questions are too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just record me saying, face like that. Let's go get some. Okay, all right. Okay, Matt. So, where can people find you uh, if they want to get in contact with you and um, uh, social media? Yeah, we're on social media at Rob Pampas's, and I'm on social media. So, um, people often contact me to, for a bit of advice, and I'm usually nice and pretend I'm going to help them, but then I distracted by actually having I keep forgetting I've got a day job now <laughs> doing a startup so mm-hmm. but um, if anyone's interested and wants a bit of help then um, drop me a line and I'll pretend I'm mm-hmm. going to help you great there you go <laughs> there we have the ending thanks of the episode boys. so thanks for coming in Matt uh, pleasure talking I'll put the codes back on this <laughs> and, and yeah uh, uh, sorry Connor if you're still listening <laughs> <laughs>